What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. This might be the episode of the year because we are both in the fabulous city of Las Vegas. The episode of the year? I think so. <laughs> we we already did one where we were both in Vegas. Wasn't that 2021 also? Yeah, it was oh, like a right few weeks then. ago. <laughs> well, this one will be even better. Yeah, it, was, it might be the last time we're in person of the new year. Yeah. There we go. That's, that's what you're meant to say. You knew what I was going for. <laughs> I'm putting it down. You're picking it up. We're just firing on all cylinders here because... It's a uh, it's a special time. You're here for a gig in Vegas. Yes, I am here. I have a corporate gig um, at the Bellagio, uh, so I decided to extend a little bit in either direction to see some shows, uh-huh. come say hello to you, record the podcast live. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's been a it's been, and I'm here in Vegas because I have a gig also. Yeah, do you have a gig? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> a regular. You gig. were there. You were there last night. This I think I've now seen your show more show than any other show in Vegas or just any other show. But last point. night was the show of the year cuz you were there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the episode of the year. <laughs> it's big. We had um do you know what mega illusions are? Mega illusions. Yeah. Yes. Have you heard of a mega illusionist? It's like um like not just like the big box illusions that you see in a standard typical like stage magic show that you think of like an illusion. Mm-hmm. These are like ginormous outside making planes appear and disappear and mountains move and that buses, kind of stuff. airplanes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I have something fun about this that I did. So you know already Franz Ferrari. Yes, yes, yes. He's the king of mega illusions. Uh-huh. He created it, right? Almost, I mean, kind of? Yeah, I would or say so. Became famous for it, popularized yeah. it. Um, I know he's sold different mega illusions to mm-hmm. lots of famous magicians, whether it be Copperfield or Lance Burton and so yeah. on, yeah. and all over the world. Anyway, so Franz Ferrari was here the other mm-hmm. night, came to the show, and... Uh, Awesome, because we've never actually met. We had done an interview virtually during the pandemic, which was fun. And I grew up watching this guy. So it's like unbelievable to have him here at the show. Yeah, that's amazing. It was so much fun. He was here with Joaquin Ayala, who was also on World's Greatest Magic, number two and number four. Uh, So it was like, you know, a little bit of magic uh, history, magic royalty, if you will, sitting in the room. But uh, when I'm talking to Franz afterwards, he says, hey, do you want to go to a car wash with me tomorrow? Wait, what? <laughs> you heard me. A car wash? Yeah. That's not a thing you normally um, like ask people to do. You're just like, <laughs> you can, like, that's not an event. It doesn't seem like a, a more than one person event to do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's kind of that thing where you go in your own car. No, he wanted me to go in his car to the car wash with him. Here in Vegas. Now he's not. He's not based here. He's based in California. Okay, I need to know why, because I'm try. I just tried to like elaborate on, in my own mind what that could mean, but I have no idea why. So I guess he's posting these videos on YouTube where he goes through car washes with magicians, <laughs> like, like like a comedians in cars. It's a, akin to that, I suppose. So he does <laughs> these little interviews where he literally holds up his phone, selfie style, while going through the car wash and just you know badgers you with questions he did it with you know kevin james rudy kobe you know lots of people you would know in the in the magic field and and now yours truly we went through a car wash together i guess it's good because you know it's like there's a set time frame of how long the video is gonna last yeah about three minutes 
Uh, magicians and machines getting <laughs> machine washed. Can you use machine twice? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a wash. We had a great great wash. Um, you can now tell people you got washed with Franz Ferrari, and people will be like, "What?" I, I yeah. <laughs> I got in the car right, and uh, I look like I'm in the passenger side of mm-hmm. the car, and I'm and you know there's like that little sort of it's not a pocket, it's like a little shelf thing that's down where you can like put stuff in yeah and on the door yeah yeah yeah. on the inside of the door what do you call that little it's like like a little yeah like a cup holder not the cup holder though the like the actual little cubby where you can like the side of the door you could put a book in there yeah yeah yeah. anyway he didn't have a book in there he had a knife in there i was like what is it was like a giant (laughs) dagger i'm like what is this what what did i get invited to but it turns out it was a magic prop that rudy kobe had left in the car from his car wash experience sure but anyway, I was Likely a little nervous. story. That's what you tell the cops, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what he's telling the cops. I don't know. But I mean, it was it was really fun, actually. It was, you know, probably the most fun little interview I've done in quite some time. What, because wh- where can people watch this? I guess it'll be on YouTube. I think. Okay. I'm not. A, I think Facebook and YouTube. And what kind of questions were you asked in the bar- barrage? I format? believe I believe it's geared towards aspiring magicians. So sort okay. of magic questions yeah. about sort of, you know, how to gain experience performing on stage and how to kind of what determine what your goals are and how to achieve mm-hmm. them that sort of thing but i mean um making it sound more in-depth than it was because it's a three-minute car wash so. yeah exactly <laughs> are you distracted by the suds on the c- car as you're going yeah a little bit there's a lot going on i mean it's just the whole thing i, I literally the whole interview i just wanted to be going what are we doing right now what why are you asking me questions in a car wash but also there was a part of me that's like you know, young 10-year-old Matt wouldn't believe why would I be at a car wash with Franz Ferrari at 33 years old. Yeah. Being interviewed when he was at my show the night before. It really is a surreal thing for me, you know? You'd think that there'd be like some illusion since he deals with these large kind of things like the car changes while you're in it. It didn't even cross my mind that like we'd pull through and we'd be in the middle of the desert or something. (laughs) (laughs) That would be like a type of thing he could do. I think the biggest illusion is that you didn't make a joke of like, you know, when it starts cleaning the undercarriage of the car and making that sound... How like do you know something I, else? How do you know I didn't? Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll have to see. <laughs> no one has seen this yet. But uh, speaking of uh, Franz Harari, he also saw your show and was very complimentary about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to dive too... You know, I don't want to you know, yeah. sound like I'm... Uh, tooting your own horn. Tooting horn here yeah. or even repeating the melody played by someone else's horn about me. <laughs> you know what I mean, but... I was very, very flattered. Let's we'll just say that. The melody of someone else's horn. <laughs> this is so much better in person, isn't it? Come on. Yeah. That was, okay. <laughs> I'm going to use that phrase and be like, oh, you haven't heard that phrase before? <laughs> you know, just repeat What would it, it actually be? Repeating <laughs> the <on>. melody <laughs> of. I, yeah, see, yeah, I can't even I figure it so. out. Yeah. That's funny. So. Yeah, so you yeah you had a bunch of magicians come through see your show. I saw your show. Yeah, third, another one. Yeah, third and a half times. Yeah. So do you have any praise for me? Because Franz gave lots of praise. No, I'd, I wouldn't want to be repeating the melody of someone else's horn. So you you not only came to my show, you're gonna you're like always seeing shows. I'm seeing a lot of shows. I actually saw shows before I even came to Vegas too. I was uh, seeing more shows. I saw two more Broadway shows. 
I think you should just quit performing and just be a show reviewer. Uh, well, that would require the the second part of a reviewer's job is writing up anything about a show. Someone after. can transcribe this. <laughs> okay, there you go. Because I have thoughts. It's just like a lot of them are rambly and sometimes not coherent. Yeah. Plus, you don't want to, you know. Yeah. Tweet the horn of whatever. <laughs> tweet the horn now. <laughs> okay. So many horns. So I saw Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the Lannis Morissette. Um, I, I don't usually love these jukebox musical types where it's just like someone else's music and then it's just kind of like we'll put a, a story around it sometimes or sometimes they don't even bother. And it's just like, like I think the Billy Joel one was basically a loose ballet over his music. I, I'm surprised I you're showing up to this thing. What? What made you go to Jagged Little Pill? I heard amazing things. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And that cast can sing yeah, the hell out of those songs. It's amazing. Right, right. Uh, but, man, it's <laughs> the story is like it touches on every possible trigger warning that like, yeah, could you be were, there. It's you like, were telling me a little bit about that last yeah. night when you were here. It's sort of like a next to normal little bit where it's like this it's suburban picture of what a family should be, but then it's like every little thing regarding, you know, racism date rape like mm. drug use it gets pretty heavy it gets pretty heavy but yep. um but i mean it, the performances are amazing listening to the audience around me too yeah. is funny because i went to a, like a matinee right like this is kind of like older crowd and they're just like a few comments i overheard was like we know that like i heard like one or two of these songs but i had never heard of most of these it's wow like, did, did the hilarious. children don't go it's not for children at all I didn't see Families. many children. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. they can go or not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I recommend it. It's a really, really powerful show. That's in show. New York, though. It is in New York. Mm -hmm. Just to paint the picture, we're recording this in my dressing room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we'll maybe take a photo and post it up on our socials. Not a bad idea. There we go. And if I don't want to be in the photo, you take a picture with that pillow right there. But now the pillow's got to be in the Giant photo. pillow with my <laughs> face, face on it. On it. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> it's just staring. I don't know at where me. it came from. I don't know why it exists, and I don't even know when the photo was taken. Okay, we're gonna put this on social media. Too. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so then, same day, I went and saw another new musical called Caroline or Change, mm -hmm. uh, and that one takes place in like 1960s Louisiana, mm -hmm. and it's about a maid who works for a Jewish family, mm -hmm. and basically the concept is uh, to teach the young son a lesson. The 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 mother pretty much is like you can keep the, any change you find in the laundry and it's like it's, there's a lot of like other overtones and themes of working class and especially you know racism in that kind of era too another heavy one Li could be heavy yeah but it was also got these fantastical elements as well where these um non animate or i guess inanimate objects were like personified so like there's the the moon is a character and the washing machine is a character and like the music is amazing in the show like lots of bluesy and like you know soul sounding and again the performances were amazing so again mm -hmm. check it out uh those were two broadway shows i saw and i enjoyed them both did you go solo to these shows or no? Uh, to Jagged Little Pill, yes. Yep. And then I went with a couple friends, and it was a last-minute ticket. Everyone had a good time? Yeah, everyone had a good time. Cool. Yeah. Then you got to Vegas. Oh, I did a corporate gig. Oh, then you did a gig. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, the thing I wanted to bring up about this corporate gig was it's one of those things where you go into the situation, and it was a stage on a dance floor mm. for only about 20 people. Mm -hmm. In round tables, and the round tables were off to the side, mm -hmm. not in front of the dance. Like, right. it, and so they were like, "Can we move the?" I was like, "Can we move the stage to face the audience? Otherwise, I'm gonna be like at a weird angle, just facing them to the side." 
and I was prepared to do the show that way. Mm-hmm. And then I talked with the venue manager and was like, is it cool if we actually move the tables? So like getting there early enough so that I knew to take advantage Before of the people space there. to get yeah, and to rearrange the room so it's the maximum, you know, performance element. So the tables they just moved right onto the 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 dance floor in front and everyone was kind of cool, adjusting the lighting and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just that <laughs> that weird downtime. From when I get there early to do my sound check and then mm-hmm. sitting through a cocktail hour and then a dinner and mm-hmm. then you finally get to perform. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, little sacrifices we make as performers to get make sure the show goes well. Mm-hmm. And they had a good time. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, some of them were giving me a hard time in that show. Like every time oh, really? I asked for a, a drawing for my blindfold act, two out of the three people drew two drawings. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I ended up having to reveal like. Five things instead of three things. Two drawings on one sheet of paper? Or? Yeah. yeah right. gotcha. Either side of the paper, oh, too. Oh, they do so both sides. <laughs> wow. Very fancy. So anyway, that was fun. Uh, and then, yeah, I came to Vegas. I did a corporate uh, just this week, too. And the past couple I've done, I think, are the among the better or best I've done before because I made a mag- uh, sort of a drastic change in the set list and how I oh. how I approach it, which yeah. I just thought of now, but is kind of interesting. How? How so? I made a conscious decision to not do anything like um, requiring participation from a audience member on stage until a few, uh, until, you know, several minutes in. Mm. So I used to, kind of like how I do here in Vegas, I break that fourth wall immediately and I'm like out yeah. in the audience and for Vegas and for theaters in general, when people are coming to see me, that works for me. Um, and people are very eager and excited to participate, but in a corporate environment, it's very different trying to get um, volunteers for, for a lot of reasons. Number one, a lot of times at a corporate event, people are there not by choice, but because they have to be there, number right. one. Um, number two, people are even, uh, even those who might be particularly outgoing could be a little bit... Um, shy or sheepish about going on stage in front of their superiors, for example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or if someone is a superior, Mm -hmm. they could be a little apprehensive to go up and not know what the routine is going to be. And if they're going to be made fool of potentially in front of uh, their teams. Right. So anywho, for those reasons, among many others, any, any performer kind of knows that's been down this road that getting volunteers uh, is different in that environment. So, uh, what I've done is sort of established a rapport first by right. stacking the first chunk of the set list with things that I can just perform for the audience before I actually have to go in and find someone that's going to do any heavy lifting. Yeah, that makes sense. That That is good when you can do something visual or just stay on stage to do it. It's very difficult to do as a mentalist because you have to be reading someone else's mind or interacting with someone else. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's nothing really flashy I can do up front other than like tell jokes or be myself or yeah. that kind of strategy which we've talked in, well, uh, I think, in the past i think anything interactive where they're not coming on stage helps yeah if you can front exactly. load it with things like that um I, I do need to test this more to know if it's just coincidence or not but i i think there's something there makes sense right right and that's i think one of the things too is uh this corporate gig that i did was it was like you know 20 people all men you know mm-hmm. and they were kind of like kind of wanting to show up show off for each other a little mm, bit. So I think right. that's why some of the instructions I was giving, they weren't necessarily following, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I was able to still deal with it and get through the routines, but it's just kind of, again, gauging that audience, what the expectations are mm-hmm. from that audience and seeing if you can use that to adapt to your show and kind of play into those expectations and make everyone comfortable and be able to just 
not have those extra worries going on that they can just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Adapting to these, these events is always a fun thing. Cause you never know what you're walking into. If you're walking into somewhere where, you know, you're going to have to have tables moved before you begin, or, or in this case, in my case, this was the type of event where I, I almost didn't even want to go to my theater at the link after because the setup was so nice. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. It was like unbelievable. Yeah. Nice. It was just like they had video walls lining mm-hmm. the entire ballroom. You should have seen these chairs they oh, had really? people sitting in. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. I can only imagine. Like, I don't even know where you source chairs like that. They were like, yeah, it was it was a really <laughs> it was a really, you know, cool, unbelievable uh, event. But anyway, I had a good time and I enjoyed front loading it with non-interactive stuff. So by the time it was time to, you know, get people out of the crowd, people were just jumping out to participate because they already kind of felt comfortable. So anyway, I think it's a good tip. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So then you found your way here. Yeah, I was here. I saw your show again. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a spur of the moment. I didn't even think I was going to make it in time, but I checked into the hotel, ran down to the theater. I was surprised to see you. Surprised you yeah. at the dressing room where yeah. we're recording right now. You <laughs> captured a picture of me on stage. Yeah, you were overjoyed at the end and like fist pumping in the air. Fantastic stuff. It looked like I was trying to pee on my table, like a dog <laughs> lifts their leg. You caught me like mid kick. Was it a kick? I don't. It was funny seeing that photo. I don't even, well, maybe we can share yeah, it somewhere. Yeah. I don't even know that I do that. No, I know. You were just like, I think it was like one final exclamation point, kind of reaching up towards the ceiling. Yeah, I probably kind of do it all pose. the time. Yeah. But like that sort of body language is not mm-hmm. intention. It's not, um, I can't say it's not intentional because the energy is intentional, but it's not choreographed. Now, here's a question <laughs> yeah. because, again, we don't know necessarily, especially after doing like you do your show every night and even like where I am in my corporate settings or wherever I'm doing it. It's like what we think we're doing and what's actually seen by the audience. And I know you just filmed a commercial not long ago, mm-hmm. but like how often now do you ever just tape just to see what the show looks like or review footage or see anything like that so that you'd be like, oh, that is something I wasn't aware I was even doing. Everything is recorded, mm-hmm. but I don't review it nearly as much as I probably right. should. That's always the case for is that, everyone, is that, I feel. Okay, I yeah. feel much better hearing that. Yeah, um, yeah, not not reviewed as much as it should. But, uh, I mean, at the same time, I'm, uh, you know, I don't want to overanalyze something that's working. Right, right, right. right? Get in your head about something. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. It seems to be working, so mm-hmm. it's like... How much should I really be going crazy? I'm always looking to improve it. And sometimes the only way to do that is by mm-hmm. looking at the tape, especially with new stuff. But um, yeah, I think I have a pretty good idea of what people are seeing. I was always, when I watched the uh, shows, especially when I'd seen my friends perform, or especially when I've seen the show multiple times in your case, I always look out to the audience. And yeah. The, the audience is very interesting this week in town. <laughs> But well, we have the rodeo, all the cowboys. That's what I'm saying is you have a very, yeah, the rodeos with the cowboy hats, even walking through some other casinos. I was oh, you yeah. know, here just like getting around these giant crowds that are just here for the rodeo. Um, but you have a little like country music section. I always bring them up. Did I not last night, <laughs> you, right? You might not have. I think there was a couple of people here for UFC, I guess. I always bring up. up the cowboy hats for the country music right. segment, but, but I don't I, think I did last night. I leaned over Tiana before you started playing the music that I knew was coming. I was like, oh, this crowd's going to love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually bring them up and then I usually will just say, I picked you because of the hat. 
I don't know if you saw me and Tiana were trying to get your attention because we're like, Matt never brings us up. No, I did not notice that. <laughs> I was holding my cell phone up for your when you were asking for cell phones. I was like, come on, Matt. I didn't pick you. You never Imagine if I did. What would you do? <laughs> I would have played a lot. You'd have to come up. Yeah. That'd be weird. <laughs> I'm never going to do it. That would be a fun... Uh, like uh, just a fun like inside thing if, if for for those in the know if they like saw like oh diddleman's or especially if, like your crew what if someone recognized you they'd be like <laughs> oh the whole thing's fixed that's for cr- one piece though what do you mean just for one that's all it takes <laughs> right know, then they just assume everyone else is uh, a paid actor it. i mean that's a huge problem when it comes to mentalism is just because again everyone just assumes everyone's in on isn't it isn't that funny it's people so do that weird. to me all the time did you know that Really? Oh, constantly. Same? What? Like they 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 say the same thing of like you just pick people you know. I had someone at the show recently that's in the industry. Wait, what? In yeah. the industry? Yeah, in the industry of uh producing live mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. That just like assumed one of my participants was a plant. No. Yeah, and I was like, "No, I would never that like no, of course not." I'm seeing some other shows in Vegas and I was looking at some reviews just on some of these sites and especially for some mentalism shows, you'll see that pops up all the time. It's just like, oh, everyone's in on it. It's mm. fixed. I was like, I know these shows and they're not in on it. I mean, why Why would you go through the process of just <laughs> stooging the entire audience for a show? It's it, not practical. It's really hard to do believably. Right. And I know that because I've seen people try to do it. <laughs> Right. It's the acting is the problem. <laughs> so much harder than people think. <laughs> and if you're paying all these people or whatever, you know, it's like, that's your budget for your whole show. You're going to do that every night. Yeah. How many are we paying to fool how many? Yeah. <laughs> it's just not practical as a method. It's really not a great method. And also you don't need to, especially with what we're doing. It's No, it's unnecessary. But so here's the thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. In some shows... It, it kind of could be the performer's fault in some instances where it's like you need to you need to make it really feel natural mm-hmm. so that they know everything's random and not plants and things like that. It yeah. is kind of on the performer to do that. However, if you do a really great job of making everything feel natural and like in this case where I had someone here, I mean, that's that's like I said, in the industry of producing live shows, but they just don't have another explanation. Yeah, they will in their mind resort to that because they don't have another answer. Right. So that some ways you have to lead them down the wrong garden path. Otherwise they're going to just assume it's that. I mean, look at America's got talent. It's literally a contest where like the judges aren't allowed to like Mm -hmm. interact, but everyone says everyone thinks they're like in on it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. 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 So it's a weird Uh, thing. Yeah. That's what our minds do when we don't have an explanation. We try to find one. That's what our human brains do. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things I'm constantly trying to disprove. But I I think in my stage show, the first couple people that come up, I'm very clear. Like, we've not set this up. We've not talked ahead of time. But it's like, how many times can you do that in a show before that just gets repetitive? So I kind of just let that assumption after the first couple people. And I don't necessarily bring it up for all the people later in the show because I was like, at this point, just assume that everyone, and I make that point, is like anyone could be called at any point, you know? Hey, you know what my trick is? You've probably seen me do this before. It's not planned, but anytime I have someone on stage that does something like really ridiculous, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is, it could yeah. be like a really like bad joke they try to make, or it could be just them like really struggling to follow a direction, even though they're trying mm-hmm. really hard. Whatever it is, whether it's like 
intentional that they're sort of screwing something up or, or trying to be funny or whatever right. or unintentional. It doesn't matter if they're being really sweet or a jerk. It works both ways. I say something along the lines of, uh, you know, a lot of people come to the show thinking that I, I have plants in the audience. I just want you to know I would have taken this part out. Right. <laughs> exactly. But I think it serves two purposes. It gets mm-hmm. a small laugh, but right. also like what I'm really saying there is, yeah, like, Think about it. Right. We wouldn't be doing this right now if this were planned. This would be a little more well-oiled. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this person wouldn't, their hat wouldn't be falling off or whatever happens, you know. And I think in, in past episodes where I talked about some, you know, precocious audience members that I've brought up on stage can kind of like be, be a little bit too into it sometimes. And it's like making the performer struggle it causes a lot of humor and seeing my improv skills. And I was like, those moments also show that like anything can happen mm-hmm. if this is not set up. So there's subtle ways to do it without blatantly pointing out the fact that no one's stooged, mm. but being like, oh, this person, you, you should come on the road with me or whatever. Right. Those right. little lines to mm-hmm. show that this is not something that happens every time. Mm-hmm. This is not planned. And and I think the reason some people think things are stooged or plants beforehand is because of the experience we have as performers. A lot of the, you know, the comedic beats we can get from an audience member are just used through our experience of prompting them in a way that we know whatever they say is going to be funny. Mm -hmm. And because it lands, they think, oh, this was set up and it was so perfect, whatever the response was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's like, no, we just know the things to say in the moment on stage to get the right response we want from the audience member. And because it seems so smooth and oiled, sometimes they think, oh, they got to be in on it. Yeah, right, right. It's like when you see a good improv show. Uh, one of the comments that the improvisers get after that's like almost disheartening, but uh, like it's like one of those double-edged compliments is like, oh, that's amazing. It was like watching a sketch comedy show. It was all pre-written beforehand, right? right. It's like, no, we're just that good at improvising that it right. seems that way, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I had someone recently insist to me, they had been to the show multiple times, and they insisted that the child I brought on stage was a plant. <laughs> and they insisted that it was the same child both times they came. I was like, you have two children that just rotate in and out because, you know, children labor laws. Yeah, right. Well, they thought it was the same one. I was like, what are you talking about? This is someone we know. I'm like, how would that? Why would I do that? There's no reason for the child to be a plant. Like there's no there's. They literally, yeah, they're just there for comedic effect. Yeah, and exactly. They, they have nothing to do with like the actual magic part. Right, but they thought that mm-hmm. even the comedic beats were like predetermined and written with the kid. I'm like, you're crazy. I was like, I hope you're joking. Right. And also, I still am not sure. Well, if they see the show three and a half times, they'll see right. multiple children. Right. And there's uh, there's also something too, like for certain types of effects, you're looking for a similar type of person sometimes yes. because you know that they're going to give a similar type of reaction that you're looking for. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you know I've done this before? What? I've inadvertently, without knowing it, selected someone to come on stage. They annually come to the show. And it's the same. Unbeknownst <laughs> to me, obviously. And I select the same person, either for a different segment of right. the show or the same segment. Wow. Is that unbelievable? Because it really is like casting. You, Yeah, you get a vibe of who's going to be good in the show. And like certain people just project that energy, if you will, as you're gazing out into the crowd and be yeah. like, oh, they're into it. They're smiling. They're happy to be here. They don't look like they're going to be difficult. So you bring them up again. And oftentimes it's the same thing you're looking for. Crazy though, right? 
They yeah, checked the great. box. Why wouldn't they check it next time? And it's a year later. You don't recognize them. Well, here's the thing. All those people were the commenting that you were using plants came to those. They two came shows. to those two shows. <laughs> and they're like, Charlie, again? <laughs> They've been here before. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Matt, I think it's time we switch gears because it's time for your riddle. It's diddle me this. Diddle me this. Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, so we'll do a riddle here. We'll do our trivia, and then I got, uh, I'll tell you about my last show here in, in Vegas just to kind of keep us on track. But this was a riddle that was actually suggested by one of our listeners. Uh, Mr. Daniel Greenwolf suggested I give you the riddle from Die Hard with a Vengeance because I'm sure you have not seen this movie. <laughs> I have not. But it's sort of, I don't know. Is, is it, it a Christmas movie? Die Hard is a Christmas movie. They joke that. That's yes. a joke. I saw it the, on a thing. This is the third movie. Okay. With Samuel Jackson. Do you ever see this one? He was in Coming to America. Okay. this is That's not the riddle. <laughs> but he was. Here's the riddle. As I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven sacks. Each sack had seven cats. Each cat had seven kits. Kits, cats, sacks, and wives. How many were going to St. Ives? All of them. I'll repeat that one more time. I'm trying not to do it as, uh, I believe it was Jeremy Irons <laughs> was the villain in uh, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, as I was going to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven sacks. Each sack had seven cats. Each cat had seven kits. Kits, cats, sacks, and wives. How many were going to St. Ives? None, because they're all already there. Incorrect. I'm going to have to... You had two chances at it. Didn't you say they were there? Right. So they're not going. Correct. But you're missing one important character. As I was going to St. Ives, yeah. I met a man with seven wives. Each wife had seven sacks. So, yeah. so all the man with seven wives, sacks, cats. They're ca already there. They're already there. Mm -hmm. But how many were going to St. Ives? Just the one guy. Just the narrator. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not zero. It's not all the math. It's just one. <laughs> so I would have died hard with no vengeance. With no vengeance. <laughs> all right. Trivia time. Trivia time. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. By the way, that last riddle was a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, but I figured by now you should have seen the movie. That's fair. <laughs> We're going to test your celebrity knowledge. Celebrity knowledge? Okay. Which celebrity is a former firefighter? I know. I mean, there's probably many, but I have an idea of who this is talking about. If you even know the answer without a choice. I know it already. No, you don't. Because he also helped out during 9-11. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, there could be, it could literally be almost anybody. There's lots of um, like articles that have been about this person. And uh, the pronunciation of his name is a little up for debate, but I believe it's Steve Buscemi. I hate you. <laughs> Or Steve Buscemi, I believe, is actually what it's supposed to be. I hate you. Is that what it was? Yeah. Listen. <laughs> sometimes you have to be, like, sometimes people think, like, this is mind-reading ability, but if you're just worldly knowledgeable, it feels like mind-reading in certain times. There was, a, there was a pub trivia game I went to. It was, like, Halloween-themed, and I knew the final category was Simpsons, and I just wrote down, 
Kodos and Kang before they even asked the question because I'm a huge Simpsons fan. And if I was wrong, I was wrong. But like I could have changed it. I would have had time after they asked the question. But then they asked a question that the answer was Kodos and Kang. And everyone just thought I was like a mind, you know, literal mind reader. That's how I feel right from now. That. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> I didn't even give you the choice. You know how many celebrities were firefighters? Yeah. Not just him. There's probably a bunch. Plenty. But I can't name another one. So could that's have been the one Q I from went. Impractical Jokers. <laughs> exactly. Could have been anybody. But I was right. Do you want another question? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we did a quick riddle and trivia, so let's do another one. Which of the following celebrities mm-hmm. does not have a graduate degree? Okay, see, this is why I'm going to need choices, because okay. who knows? Sigourney Weaver? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Who is that? From Alien? I'm not familiar with that. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> James, is it Franco? <laughs> I got that one pronounced yeah, you're, right. Your cousin? <laughs> <laughs> I'm related to Dave, not James. They're brothers. <laughs> I know. It's just my line when people ask. Uh, that's um, funny. <laughs> uh, Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. or David Duchovny? Mm. Okay, I'm going to eliminate Franco right away because I know he like went to school for a long time. He does a lot of schooling. He does a lot right? of schooling. Okay. Uh, Sigourney Weaver or Oprah Winfrey and David Duchovny. Oh, this is just a shot of the dark dark because I have no idea. Mm. I mean, I feel like I should have ended when I just did the mind reading thing. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But we're, we had time. Uh, <laughs> just shot in the dark. I feel like maybe Sigourney Weaver might. I think she's, uh, so, she might be in Mensa. Is that right? Or is that Gina Davis? I don't know. <laughs> They're both very smart. Uh... David Duchovny is going to be my guest. I don't know the answer. Let's find out together. Ah, uh, he does. All Not right. David Duchovny. Second uh, guess. Let's try Oprah. I feel like she does. Oh, it is Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. There you go. <laughs> it's just sound effects. These sound effects mean nothing now. I'm just hitting them both every time. <laughs> That's fine. We, we like a little, you know... Feel good about ourselves, warm and fuzzy. Hit the green button, hit the red button. Absolutely. So yeah. anyway, this is a great trivia session. Eric's here in town. He uh, went to a late show after my show. It's a very popular Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Um, the Beatles version, which... Beatles Love is which, the name of it. Yeah, yes. which must be all the rage with the uh, the Get Back documentary being out and all that stuff. So have you been to it before, or is this your first time at this? I went to it, uh, like, maybe... 10 years ago or okay, something. So you've seen there. a version a while of it. Ago, yeah. And I must have not remembered a single oh. thing <laughs> from that version. I think it may have changed quite a bit since then. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was much better than I remembered. That's mm-hmm. all the feeling I went in. But um, oh, that's good. Like the thing with Cirque is I always say they have a focus problem because they love all this ambient stuff happening at the same time. All these characters are out. They got aerialists going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know where you're supposed to focus on well that's what it is right sensory yeah. overload is kind of what they're going for but that was only a few segments during this um version of beatles love i saw and they actually did bring a lot more focus in on individual acts and i feel like there was a lot more circus than there was in the past because i feel like it was just like this ambient wash of like beatles sensory imagery and it's almost like you were on like this lsd trip or whatever as it was all just kind of amalgamated together 
But now there's like individual sections. I remember this time around that was just like, oh, cool. They got like rollerbladers doing their thing. They have a guy like on a almost a trapeze that's spitting just by his feet, by the way, which was crazy. Um, and there's like little comedic elements. And so there was and the, um, like a whole dance number with, uh, you know, like some tap dancing and stepping routines. So they kind of broke it up. But I mean, it's it's amazing just to see and you go for the music like whoever this band is who came up with the soundtrack they're going somewhere <laughs> I, it's actually i yeah. only have one question mm -hmm. and i and i feel like i've asked people this before who have been to the show and i feel like i never get someone who like really knows the answer um is it the music as recorded on the albums is it live versions is it recreated are there live musicians there tell me so i actually know this it's so they play actual Beatles music but what they did with the soundtrack was they took individual tracks and they kind of made a mix so there's new arrangements of songs that you know uh, one of the best examples of that is the song Sung King mm -hmm. they just take the I think it's already acapella on the album mm. on Abbey Road they decide to play it backwards oh, okay so they're singing all the words backwards that creates this weird feeling right and they use that because it's similar melodically to because, and they took the guitar part out of because. The whole show starts with just the the, the acapella version of because, and that's kind of used thematically through for transitions. And then you're hearing other songs with like solos in it from other songs. Like there's, it's like a mismatch of song of of the Beatles tunes, mm -hmm. but there's also just elements where they like play right into it and right there's some orchestral uh, i can speak orchestral or orchestral instrumentation added uh -huh. like the beginning of octopus's garden is very slow with a fancy orchestra and then like none after, of it's live after a few bars the drums kick in and it's the song everyone recognizes no one's live no one's live i didn't okay. there's no band sometimes cirque has live bands right i didn't because usually you'll see that in the bows too the right. gesture to it but i think it's all just pre-recorded and I noticed, too, the seats have speakers in them, which I love mm -hmm. because I really get immersed in the sound, which is why people are going to see a Beatles show. Yeah. 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 Can I tell you the weirdest part about my whole experience, though? Sure. Before the show, <laughs> I'm in a row. We didn't know the like it was not a full crowd. These mm -hmm. Cirque shows, it was maybe about 60 percent, if that full. Okay. And I get there early because I want to check out like the gift shop and just the I know how crazy the mirage is where the show is. And I go in. Everyone's kind of waiting at the doors to be let in early, which is something people don't tend to really do. Not in New York for Broadway, really, because they're just like you go five minutes before the show or whatever. Really? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. In Broadway, people don't get there early. Some do. Tourists do. But oh, like lo locals go 10, five minutes before. OK, gotcha. <laughs> uh, while the doors are already open. Uh, but everyone's waiting in. I go in. I s see my seat, and I'm sat right next to two people. And then as the show starts, we realize the whole rest of the row is just empty. Mm -hmm. And the seats are pretty tight next to each other. So mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm going to get up and move over a seat to right. give us some elbow room. Right, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. But while we were talking, I don't know what, why. I mentioned I was from New York. Mm -hmm. They decided to tell me all about 9-11. Oh no! <laughs> this is—I don't know why they brought this are up. Are they from New York? No. Oh boy! And they just decided. I was like, "Why are we talking about this? This is not putting you in the mood to watch the Beatles." No, that's not a Beatles conversation. And then they—I <laughs> was like desperately trying to change topics to something else, and we started talking about Broadway and New York and stuff like that. And then they brought up 
Hamilton and how they didn't love it because it wasn't a historical depiction. Right. It, I was like, well, it's theater. It's not, if you want a historical accurate, go to a lecture or something right. like that. Right. So I was like, this is very weird. So I was like, hey, let's talk about the Beatles. Did you watch the new Get Back documentary or whatever like that? Which uh, we have a bank episode where we'll. And they're just like, no. They go, <laughs> yeah, we love the movie Across the Universe. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> It's just like, all right, I'm done with this conversation now. Yeah, that's why you moved. You didn't yeah, need the elbow know, room. You I needed know. the space. So I had to like reset myself and get back into like, hey, let me get excited for the Beatles again. Cool. <laughs> so you had fun at the show? I did. Okay. I did. That stage, man, I get anxious. I got real anxious watching the show because it's this, imagine an X, right? Walking across like yeah, a, a stage. I've seen pictures of it. But there's a, a recess in those X's where the stage can come up and down. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes it's down and you can see how far mm. the drop is. And I'm like, they're on roller skates. Like so many accidents seem like they could happen. Yeah. I've gotten the grand tour of some of these Cirque stages and it's just unbelievable. And even just I was watching the rafters. Right. And they have all these things on like um, they have scrims coming out and in. And then there's also these like little carabiner type things that are rolling out where like. Uh, the aerialists are attached to it's amazing just to see the ceiling work right. that's happening in this as well. And I got to ask you because you added this to your show as well. I'm impressed by these projections too. Well, I think Love in particular is known for their projections. They yeah. have a ton, right? They have scrims, um, like four scrims, one for each beetle on <laughs> it. <laughs> they do a whole like animation of Abbey Road of them trying to cross Abbey Road. Do you know who was first crossing the road? Yeah, we did that in a previous... I don't want to spoil it because oh. I mean, that's a bank episode. I oh, believe. boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, uh, and then, um, and then, and then there's projection on the the stage itself. So I want to say, like, yeah, what, they have a lot of projectors. What did you do when you were looking at projectors? Because it was like you need to figure out the lumens, how bright it is, make sure it's not like. No, I hired someone who understands <laughs> projectors. <laughs> I already had the projectors; we were just using them for something else. Yeah. And then we decided we would use them to project on the sidewalls instead. That way, instead of getting two minutes out of them, we could get 90 minutes out of them. Right. Um, but I don't, know usage. I don't know anything about lumens. Yeah. Uh, I know what a lumen kind of is. And I know that the higher the number, the better. The brighter. The screen, yeah. yeah. The projection. But um, yeah, I think you need to consult experts when it okay. comes to those things. Right. That's yeah. my advice. Because I'm also watching the shadows of the performers to see like how much of this is projected. Because I was also watching this during um, Jagged Little Pill. Mm. And they, they had a lot of projection. They had some projection as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also had, which was neat, um, you have these like neon light bars across uh, the yeah. stage. Yeah, LED lights. LEDs. So the set for um, Jagged Little Pill had the same idea. These were moving panels that had these strips of light. Oh, and sure. And they could use that. And the whole panel would move, too, back mm -hmm. and forth, creating different outlines of different um, you know, locations that were there. So it was just interesting to see they could turn the lights that go all the way up to the ceiling only half on for certain things and change the colors. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm very fascinated by the production elements of all of this and hmm. uh right now and seeing how to make you know that wow factor that adds everything to it yeah i'm always kind of blown away when i go to a show with great production value and it's just like you can go to two shows that have equal production value but they're using the production so differently so drastically differently is it drastically differently i think there's too many lees there but you know <laughs> what i mean um yeah i it's i remember seeing a band play in my theater 
um, a local band here in Vegas. Uh, great guys, the Bronx Wanderers. I don't know if you ever saw their show, but you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And just seeing them perform in my theater a while back with the same, you know, lights and everything, but the lighting design was totally different in terms of how they were used. Right. Same mm. room, yeah. same lights, but just looked like a whole different show because it was. Wow. You know, so yeah. I'm always kind of taken aback by how um, a director or lighting designer's vision can vary from one show to the next. For sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we should wrap up this episode and um, let's do some plugs. Plugs? Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'm 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 not bald enough for hair plugs yet, so I'm gonna pass. All right. So your normal plug, Matt Franco at the link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently, old. Franz Ferrari car wash coming out in the near future. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, same old for me. Uh, I'll probably be popping into some shows when I'm back in New York. But uh, visit ericdillman.com if you want to book me. Goals? What were our goals last time? Read, clean. Those are usually the two goals. I think your goal should have been make it to Vegas, and you made it. Props yeah. to you, brother. Thank you. Um, for me, let's ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Gotta have a good holiday. Wow. Gotta have a good holiday. This is like, yeah, like two-week goal. I'm pushing it out <laughs> to weeks. Christmas. New Year's. New Year's. <laughs> I want to have a nice holiday. That's what I want. Okay, good. That's my that's, goal. That's good. My goal is to, you know, uh, focus on this corporate i'm here in vegas for oh yeah good luck uh, with that yeah and um and finish my holiday shopping i gotta do that okay Mostly done okay yeah hey well look we're wrapping it up episode 76 we appreciate you being here with us this is an in-person episode which is a very special day mm-hmm. so we hope you enjoyed that and uh back to the remote coming soon yeah absolutely visit us at our website mindovermagicpodcast.com there you can also email us at our email mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com and visit us on the socials mindmagicpod uh, tell a friend if you're having fun we're having fun so we hope you're having fun uh, and if you're on your commute right now drive carefully drive carefully and uh, and thanks so much for tuning in we appreciate listening and we'll talk to you next time bye bye, bye.